Welcome to The Original Doll. I am your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it, and at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, visit www.theoriginaldoll.com or Instagram, the.original.doll. And big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much because of you. We're able to keep the show going. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. We're going to get right to this we're going to talk about several songs today including this song If you're a first-time listener to the original Doll with James Rodriguez, welcome. Those returners, welcome back. Here's something fun about this song, specifically Stars Are Blind, Paris Hilton. Now, we've had many people who were part of this song on the show, including producer Fernando Garibay. We had vocal producer, background vocalist Jenny Carr, background vocalist for the Paris versions, Maya Marie, and Shepard Solomon, songwriter. I wanted to talk a little bit about the chart success for Stars Are Blind, including some of the radio information. Stars Are Blind was released back in June of 2006, and in the United States, it is gold certified, as well as being gold certified in Sweden and Denmark. Now, here's some fun information about the radio history. Many people ask, they say, James, you go through all these archives and everything, can you clear up some of these dates? Well, I got you. Many people say, oh, don't we celebrate the release of this? Wasn't that the first time it was on radio out June 5th, June 6th? Well, I went right to the radio database and found out that Stars Are Blind, Paris Hilton's song, actually had its U.S. radio debut June 2nd, 2006. Okay, Philadelphia, big shout out to you. Then I went to see, well, what city in the United States has played the song the most? Well, that would be Salt Lake City, Utah. And then I wanted to go back, back to the 2000s to see how did this, you know, do on the charts? Well, it went number one in Hungary, Scotland, Slovakia. It went number one in the U.S. Dance Club songs and number one in the U.S. Dance Single Sales charts for four weeks. That's right. For a month, it was number one. And then I also did some research for iTunes. As many of you know, I've been tracking different iTunes charts for several years. And since 2019... Paris Hilton song Stars Are Blind has charted on 18 different country charts worldwide. In addition, going number one on the all song charts in Guatemala, number one on the pop charts in Granada. And this is what's amazing. The dance EP would go number 30. Now, we know that Paris Hilton has released different versions of the song, including most recently the Kim Petras version.
Now, Stars Are Blind, Paris Hilton, Paris' version with Kim Petras, has charted on iTunes in 18 different countries, including going number four on the pop iTunes charts in Mexico, number five on the pop iTunes charts in Norway, and number 12 on the pop charts in the United States. I wanted to add as much context with sales, radio, everything to kind of put in place. At the time, back in 2006, many people, when they were talking about Paris Hilton starting a music career, pretty much panned it. They just said, nope, it's just not going to be great, or it's going to be just this super dance-heavy song. This is what we're expecting. Well, when this was released, it really changed the game for her and gave her a viable hit and a number one song. Today, for the first track on this episode, we're going to be talking to songwriter Shepard Sullivan, who also worked with Britney Spears on Touch of My Hand and many other songs. You can go back through on the different uh, platforms that you stream the show on and take a listen. But we're going to get right to this. This is my conversation with songwriter Shepard Sullivan about Stars Are Blind. The original Now we're going to hop to Jen Carr talked about this. I talked about this with Fernando Garibay. Paris Hilton, Stars Are Blind. So let's talk about that. We have somebody that goes by the name Sliving in Miami, which is kind of funny. Sliving, that's Paris Hilton's new thing. How did you get involved in this Paris project? It's a very funny story, which I will tell you. Um, It goes, it has different shades to it. I had a publisher at the time. His name was Jim Velutato. He was head of songwriting relations at Sony ATV, okay? And we were very good friends. He was a buddy of mine. And basically, he knew a guy named Jeff Aldridge, who is A&R at Warner Brothers at the time. And Jeff Aldridge got hired to A&R the Paris Hilton record. Well, he was an A&R person at Warner Brothers, but he was a very old school A&R person. He was around during the Christmas days. He did like Billy Idol, a lot of great albums. He was an old school song guy. So Tom Wally, who was president of Warner Brothers at the time, hired Jeff Aldridge to, to be A&R and, th- and they gave him the Paris Hilton thing. So, um, Jim Bellatado set, set up a meeting for me with Jeff Aldridge, you know, and basically to meet with him about this project, you know. So I went to Warner Brothers in Burbank, and Jeff Aldridge says to me, Give me something lilting and fun, like the tide is high meets underneath it all. Clever lyric, okay? <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> so, so, at that time, uh, I was working with Fernando. You know, we were working on and off, you know, because he was like a remixer a lot. We, mm-hmm. we were trying to get cuts together and we were getting little cuts, but nothing major, but we were working together, you know? Um, he actually had a studio 
right next to Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars was in the other room with the sneezing tents, you know? It was on this little dumpy building on DeLongpre in the middle of hell. And basically I would go there like three times a week, you know? So right after I had this meeting, I go to his studio and I tell him, and I said, listen, here's the thing. Do you want to give it a go? So I pick up the guitar um, and basically we come up with the map of stars are blind, right? So remember I told you about melody maps and track maps where you don't have a finished song, but you have like production essence and you have the feeling of the phrasing and the melody. That's what we did, right? So we mapped the whole thing out and it felt really good. It had a great thing to it. I was trying to write lyrics to it and I was having a bit of a hard time. I actually had met and written with Billy Steinberg and I'm sure you know who Billy Steinberg is. Mm -hmm. Basically, and I called him up and I said, are you interested in trying to write a lyric for this? Because I was such a fan of his, you know, he had had written some amazing songs and he was saying, I really can't right now, but I have a friend of mine named Ralph McCarthy, who's an old friend of mine from high school. And he's like a poet kind of writer, blah, blah, blah. And he might be good. So I call Ralph McCarthy and he's this guy who lives in a shack in the desert, you know, like just like, you know, like a writer with a long beard, you know, the whole thing that, you know, <laughs> and, and, and basically, but he was a very nice man. And I sent him the demo and he sent me like the first draft of the lyric for the song. And basically I didn't love the verses, but it had that, those two lines. Even though the guys look crazy, even though the stars are blind, if you show me... I thought whatever that was, that had something interesting to it. You know, like I liked where that was going. So I said, I'm not loving this bit, bit. So let's just say we did like three or four different reversions, revisions to get it to the ultimate place lyrically that it Mm -hmm. needs to be. And then um, I got Jennifer Carr to sing the demo, you know? I don't mind spending some time just hanging here with you cause I don't find too many guys that treat me like you do those other guys they want to take me for a when I walk, they talk a suicide. Some people never get beyond their stupid pride. But you can see the real me inside. And I'm satisfied. Oh no.
and that was Jenny Carr's cover of Stars Are Blind, Paris Hilton. Now, I actually was able to interview Jenny Carr, who is just an amazing person, about her work with Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, JLo, and more. To hear those old episodes, just go to your preferred streaming platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, scroll down and look for Jenny Carr. She has been on many songs that I'm sure you love. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, that.original.dial, and at Patreon if you want to join the community, www.theoriginaldial.com. Now back to the show. And we just so made good. the demo, and basically so I played it for Jeff Aldridge, and he, he said, oh my God, you nailed it. This is, I, I love this song. It's, it's such a great song, blah, 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 blah. And then the next task was, was producing Paris Hilton's vocal, you know? which let's just say was, you know, a bit of a difficult process because she didn't know how to feel while she was singing, but her tone was not bad, you know, it was good. But it was just a lot of work and a lot of comping to get it to the level that it needed to be to convince, you know, the label that. And the label doesn't know, it's your job as a producer to make it happen no matter what. And what that means is a lot of work, basically, to make it sound like a hit song. I was going to tell you one other aspect of the story. Should I tell you? Uh, Always, always. (laughs) Okay. The aspect was how Stars Are Blind became a hit song. Because it wasn't supposed to be the first single. Okay? It was not supposed to be the first single. So this is how it happened. (sighs) Basically... I don't know if you know this, but I think Scott Storch produced half of the album, you know? Yes. For, mm-hmm. Right. So they had paid him a ton of money to do half of the album because there was a big, like, fight. Like, should we do hip-hop songs or pop songs, you know? Tom Wally wanted things to be harder in hip-hop, and Jeff Aldridge wanted things to be, like, well-written pop songs, you know, for her, like, more in that thing. and then. Tom Wally wanted more whatever was happening at that time on the radio. So like hip hop, you know, and basically um, Scott Storch was supposed to have the first single, you know, and, and for some reason, some guy in the radio department leaked stars are blind on the internet at that time. And literally and three hours they started playing it all over the world like on all radio stations all over the world like it just blew up and it wasn't even supposed to be the first single you know it just happened that way so i guess you, you would have said that it went viral for it just so happens that Scott Storch absolutely flipped out man. <laughs> i was in jeff aldrich's office and he took the cons. Scott Swartz basically said, you know, and no certain, do you know who I am? You know, I'm Scott Storrs. How dare you know all of this, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> well, and the crazy thing is you can't, I mean, when it's out there and the public is, I mean, they were consuming it. And the, the funny thing is I was going through like uh, old radio databases and logs and everything. And it was like, that song received love like across the board like it wasn't just one market one genre kind of thing 
And I just thought, man, it's, it's insane. Cause there was, I think one of the first plays was in, it was Kansas city or Albuquerque or something. I forgot where it was, but for the listeners, I'll put it out there when, where it was, uh, but it caught on quickly and people were playing it. And I think, I forgot what song it was. I think people were just very surprised by how they felt the song was soulful. You know, it had like a nice feeling to it. It was convincing. You know, they weren't expecting that from her, you know? No, and the whole thing is, I think everyone, and I talked about this with uh, Jenny Carr, I think everyone thought the uh, the debut Paris Hilton song or a Paris Hilton song is going to be nothing but a club banger deep you know sort of thing and then right. here is this complete left turn and i still and, find it and enjoyable. all power to jeff aldridge because he wanted it to be that you know he was fighting for oh, i love that when you were, were working on nothing in this world was that after stars are blind like was it after it was yes something? yes yes it was well there's also one other component to stars are blind which i didn't which i forgot about Head on over to Patreon to hear the rest of this little extra story from Shepard Solomon. www.theoriginaldoll.com. The pop-up will be right there. Stars Are Blind takes off. Yeah. And then who says, hey, let's get you working on another Paris track or anything? Like, how did that work? So during that time, it was a while. Because, now, that was an instance that it took like eight months to a year before Stars Are Blind actually came out. It was a while because they were making her album, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually got introduced to Dr. Luke again by this guy, Mark Shear in England. He was my publisher. You know, Luke had met with him and Mark said, well, you should really hook up with Shepard. I think you guys can make some great stuff. And <laughs> I mean, that, that was my intro into the Dr. Luke world. And at that time, Dr. Luke was living on 19th Street, and I think like 8th Avenue in Chelsea. And he had like a basement studio. And <clears throat> I had gone out there for a week to, to just write with him, you know, and start ideas. And um, it's funny because the first idea that we ever wrote was Feels Like Tonight on a guitar in like 10 minutes. And he recorded it on his um answering machine which was a very good idea because there's another story linked to that uh, which i'll tell you but that was the first song we did together was feels like science Feels Like Tonight was the fourth single from Daughtry's debut album, Daughtry. Now, what's interesting is Chris Daughtry, the lead singer of Daughtry, spoke about this with Entertainment Weekly, the song specifically. And he said he didn't like the original song. As a matter of fact, the quote was, Max Martin and Dr. Luke had written the song and it was actually one of the two songs that I've recorded that I didn't write anything on. I didn't work with those guys. I remember it being very close to the end of the recording making process and I remember getting the song and was like, no, no, I'm not cutting it. It's way too pop. It's so not with the rest of the album. 
I was about really being a bull about it. I remember being told, this was a song that they wrote for you had you won the show. And then I was like, well, now I definitely don't want to do it. Anyway, I was I appeased them and recorded it and then remember hearing it back going, okay, you were right. This was definitely a good idea. And it became one of our bigger songs. The song itself would go number one on the U.S. Adult Top 40 charts and chart in Canada and Germany. As you know, I go through radiologues to clear up any misinformation. Well, this song, Feels Like Tonight, had its U.S. radio debut January 7th, 2007 in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And the radio station in the United States that has given this song the most love? WMGQ in New Jersey. And Feels Like Tonight is Daughtry's third most played song on U.S. radio, right behind home, and it's not over. That was the first song we did together was Feels Like Tonight, and um, he wound up making a demo for that, and Max Martin finished the demo with him. Max Martin, he wrote Bridge, and they made the demo, and but basically, we were writing that week, and one of the ideas that we wrote was Again, a map with a track and a melody that was nothing in this world, you know? Hopping out for a quick second to remind you to join me on Patreon. You can find it easily, www.theoriginaldoll.com. On there for as little as a dollar a month, you're helping support to keep this show going. And as you know, we've received more and more guests with more and more content, and we need more and more of your support. So if you're able to, please donate as much as you can to keep this show going. We've had a lot of great success with so many of these episodes before, and now we're going to have a ton of episodes coming out this year, and I'm trying to put the episodes out as quickly as I possibly can, keeping in mind the wishes of the guests, but also the time needed to put these together and making sure we have all the correct publishing information. So if you want to join, please do so, and don't forget you can rate the show on your preferred streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon. Thank you so much. Now back to the show. Once again, a big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your support. We were writing that week, and one of the ideas that we wrote was, again, a map with a track and a melody that was nothing in this world, you know? heard it and said i absolutely love this let's get it done oh that's amazing yeah and the thing is it's both of those songs are not what people would have thought okay this is this is a paris hilton song nothing in the, you know what i mean like which that's what i loved and both of them did well in you know in the dance charts and things like that yeah and so let me ask you though at what point do you so you do nothing in this world at what point do you know from the time that it gets created to it's officially on the album. Was this at a time where they were letting people know it was on the album, or did you just find out, oh, it comes out next week and I'm on that album? Uh, we, we knew a couple months beforehand because it was supposed to be one of the main singles, you know? It was an important song to the album they were telling us, you know? 
Now, I want to ask you this. When was the first time you ever remember hearing the song on the radio? Here's some fun information about the radio dates. It had its U.S. radio debut August 9, 2006. And the city in the United States that has given the song the most love? Well, that would be New York City, New York. And back in 2006, the song would chart in Venezuela at number 6, in Belgium at number 7, in the Netherlands at number 8, in the United States at number 9. And here's what's great. On the dance single sales charts, this song would be on there for 13 weeks. And with this being the third single in a row from Paris's debut album, this meant that all of Paris Hilton's singles peaked in the top 10, including Stars Are Blind going number one for four weeks. That's not too shabby for a debut album. Nothing in this world would also peak at number 12 on the U.S. Dance Club songs and number 16 on the Billboard Global Dance songs. Once again, this, this ultimately would be Paris's third single from her debut album that would go top 20 on the Global Dance songs. It would have Stars Are Blind at number 9, Turn it up at number 18. And as recently as 2019, Nothing in This World Paris Hilton has charted on iTunes, okay? It peaked at number two on the pop iTunes charts in Ecuador, on the All Songs chart, number 33 in Bolivia. It would also chart in Nicaragua, Honduras, and Indonesia. Now you may say, James, why is iTunes still important? It's not like people are, you know, selling a million digital downloads of a song a day. It still is important for many things. We talked about songwriter advocacy. The amount that a songwriter is paid for a stream is next to nothing. You can just, you know, do your own research on that, like 0.0001 kind of thing. When you purchase the digital download, that is supporting the songwriters, the creators, just so much more. In addition, maybe you don't know the songwriter. That's why I say those booklets were always amazing. And if you ever are confused as to who, you know, worked with what or how to find that out, send me a DM. But also, we love our legends, our icons being certified, getting that gold certification or platinum, so on and so forth. Well, one purchased digital download, okay, just one, let's say of Stars Are Blind, that one download is the equivalent of 1,500 streams of the exact same song. So you can get to certifications faster with that like that actual purchase, whether it's a physical copy of the song or purchasing the digital copy. So one to 1,500. So yeah, so even if a song sells digitally 100 copies that day, that's still the equivalent of 100 times that 1,500. So that's something else to keep in mind. But I want to ask you this. Did you ever buy the Paris Hilton album? Let me know. And if you went through the credits on that, you'll see that there are more Britney Spears collaborators on that album, including some background vocalists and more. So take a look at it and let me know. But I'm going to get going and people keep asking. Yes, this is my theme song, Iconography. Thank you all so much and I'll see you on the flip side.